I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. I use Hip Hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm Dredd to the Fifth Element. I highlight Fifth Element Hip Hop, which is knowledge. I did it all without a drink feature. Let's take a drink. Drake has co-signed either of us yet. He has not. He he has not. And uh, I'd be <laughs> genuinely surprised if he ever does. Uh, oh, speak for I yourself. Hope, hope. I don't know about. I'm, I'm a possibility. I mean, I mean, yeah, for you. But um, yeah, let's just hope he doesn't dip into my um, I don't know, past talks. Hi Ben, how's your week been? What have you been to this week? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Hopefully he doesn't do his research. Uh, my week's been sure. my week's been chal- very, very challenging. Uh, but I did listen to some music. I listened to Pray for Haiti by Mac Homie. This album is high art. This album is high art. Like, that unbelievable trumpet on the intro, and then the final beat, like, the, the wild, open, plan nature of it on 10 boxes every single part of this album i really really liked max lyricism is immense like really immense the lyrical references are like the greatest of easter egg hunts and what i really love about this album is when i catch the reference immediately and think to myself oh shit what's he gonna do with this and it's always unique and interesting like it really was me trying to concentrate on the lyrical content and being trying to pick up every reference because there's so much this is my album of the year so far. I just have not stopped spinning it. I just okay. kept spinning and spinning and spinning. It has everything I want in a hip-hop album. It's great production, great lyricism, great technical ability, and West Side Gun. Those are the things I want in a hip-hop album. I can't I can't fault it. And I know there's been some frustration at the bar about Capital Steez, but um you know, I I don't I can't say whether it's even a diss or it's what who it's a diss to. Like people are saying it's criticizing his label. I can't add anything to that. I mean, I can't speak to Macomi's intent, so I can't really speak on that at all. And I, I just think this rec, this record is amazing, man. It's really, really good. I, uh, I anticipated it would be good. I didn't know it would be this good. He's obviously been sitting on this for a while, so uh, I would highly recommend people go listen to that. Right in the Griselda mold, of course. Sarok, the sharecropper's daughter, Deluxe. Now, I was pretty upset that I didn't. I did not know this was dropping. I missed it on my release radar, which was really frustrating. But the song with MF Doom is incredible. You know, Sarok dropping bars next to an absolute legend of the game. Sarok's like creeping into that top twenty right now. Like, really, this mm-hmm. Deluxe is amazing. It's a great extension on the album. The bars mm-hmm. on here are top tier absolutely top tier have to go check that out that is amazing i was uh you know i love the original i really love the original but it kind of dropped out of my rotation but i think that this is going to stay in my rotation for quite a while young ma off the yak i don't think i could come up with a more apt title for young ma than off the yak i feel like i've heard her use that term like 40 times but she may never have even used that term i don't know just sounds like such a young ma thing to say i think the album is okay she's kind of catching back up to where she was a few years ago and she kind of like dipped out of public consciousness 
But yeah, I don't know, man. I I think it's quite similar. A lot of it's quite similar, which is good. It's it's a good vibe to get into when you're in that headspace and you kind of put it on and it doesn't really change much, doesn't drag you out of the experience. But if you're looking for something new and exciting, it's probably not here, but then that's like 90% of mainstream music that comes out now anyway. So I can't criticize it for that. Uh, YG and Mozzie, community service. It's funny that I put this straight after Young and, Young and May and, and said that because... What I'm going to say here is just like it's basically the same, but in a different way. Like YG does kind of what Young MA has been doing, where he puts he's been putting out these projects that are basically the same, but it just dips, 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 dips in quality as the the record progresses to the point where you're like again, 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 really again. But Mozzie actually does pretty much the exact same thing, but the quality doesn't dip at all it's like he just keeps it at a constant seven or eight out of ten the whole project which is really quite difficult to do only the real top tier artists in this lane can do that like future you know for example or uh uzi maybe like it's really hard to do and yeah i mean i think it's great that yg linked up with mozzie on this because i think mozzie gave that ability to yg on here i know it's only 10 songs well it means that every song hits on this album but yeah, it, it didn't. It, it's not going to break any records. It's not going to be like, wow, they're doing something really crazy and different. It just sounds like it's getting YG back to the kind of form he was in the mid 2010s. So it's that's I can always appreciate that. There's some great features on here too, really great features. And I feel like it was organic in that sense. It's not like they, you know, they have a lot of capital with a lot of people. They've done a lot of a lot of collaborations with a lot of different artists and they really could have brought on so many different rappers here, but it felt like every every feature on here was organic. Uh, finally, 42 Doug, Freedom Boys. You know, I, I think everyone was kind of curious to see what a full 42 Doug project would look like. It's amazing. It's really amazing. It's heartfelt, it's emotional, but then he can dip into these really cold and unflinching bars. I think his features all tear their spots down. And they're, they're sprinkled in enough to really keep you interested if you feel like things are lagging at any stage. And I always am amazed at that line that 42 Doug can walk between like heartfelt content and corniness. Uh, he, I've never heard him step over into corniness. And I guess that's his authenticity with regards to what he's rapping about. It keeps him from sounding corny. So yeah, I would highly recommend that album. I, I really enjoyed it. So that was myself. Charlie, what about you? Yeah, it's my first uh, in a while, my first uh, week where I had as much women as I had men. Do-do-do-do, equality, hashtag. Um, start off with uh, Osei, who came through to me via uh, the 5EIG, just uh, just uh, through, through a DM asking if I listen to stuff. And I was like, hell fucking yeah. Uh, looked up her thing, saw she had an EP. I was like, consider that listened. And here we go. So this is chapter one. Uh, dropped. Oh, li- literally dropped her a couple of weeks ago. It's good. Um, yeah, and uh, I I love this. I love this. I love this EP. Like I, it's it's so it it it's like um, <laughs> you know you know in like uh you know in like you watch a I don't know like a period film and just like uh, one of the women just go ooh heavens and just like uh uh, uh get, get a fan of uh, uh fan themselves down. It's kind of like that. It's like ooh heavens. Like this is so. Oh, so super sexy on this like EP. It's so, it's so nice. Uh, how many licks is just absolute uh, sticky hook, man. How many licks? How many licks? It just uh, it's so nice. Uh, Bad girls, real real cool mix. Uh, I'm on high is uh, such a that's like that's like one of those uh, tracks you really should hear like 
I, I really want to hear that live, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those tracks where you're like, man, she, oh, she performed that live, that'll be, oh, absolute bop, the crowd be bumping. Um, so yeah, man, this is, this is a solid project, eight songs, 18 minutes, uh, it's a real good vibe, uh, super sexy, um, good lyrics, good rapping, and yeah, man, it's just, it's just a solid project all around, shout out to say on that front. Uh, coming in with another one, Asata Sheriff. Yep, it's Arthur Sheriff, a kind of biography. Uh, this is four tracks. Uh, I came into this, uh, I think, via Chuck D's rap station. I like to look at, um, at the She Movement radio. He, uh, well, not he does, but uh, but he has under rap station. And they always like, you know, always have a, a good list of, uh, you know, just female artists. Uh, you know, just a. Uh, uh, don't don't get the, don't get the love that they should. And uh, this is Sasha Sheriff is just one of the uh, many that uh, I've been really looking for in the UK scene, especially. You know, I've mentioned Tremendous. I've mentioned people like Bina, Rae, um, and this and Sasha Isata, Isata Sheriff is exactly what I'm looking for. Like just real, uh, real great imagery with the rapping uh great flows love the love the production behind her great storytelling um and yeah it's just great great poetry all around literally um she's a super clean uh rapper really enjoy her work and yeah man this is a great little just a great little ep man I've, I've, I've been looking forward to this for a minute and uh came through today uh spotify finally got those uh finally got actual updates going on uh every day so which is which is good the what's new thing they finally have that kind of feature. I've been looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, man, that just came through. And I was like, yay! Great stuff. Um, Devante Hunter, Uncharted. So I remember listening to Devante, um, I think, uh, February last year. If I'm correct, it was probably around the time of Valentine's Day, if I'm going to be honest. Because um, he's very into uh, relationship content. And uh, it's actually very good um it's very um it's not it's not got the you know it's not toxic in that kind of way you know how most uh, r&b men especially you know talk about relationships these days it's very i don't know it's it's very uh it's different on that front right it's this it's kind of like a thinking man's relationship <laughs> i don't know that's the word it i'm i'm probably i'm probably overhyping it too much in, on that on in way i'm saying it but like i don't know it's just very mature that's probably the word i'm looking for it's a very mature way of looking at relationships and the way he talks about them um are just uh, yeah it's very refreshing on that front it's not like you know just being childish about shit it's just being real about it and uh, and how and how he talks about it and uh, i i just i just enjoy that i res- i respect that you know, not many people go down that road. It's it's obviously very sexy to do the, you know, uh, oh, you fuck bitches and stuff like this. Like, I ain't letting them hold me down. Da, 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 da. It's just like, or, or or just a super sad shit, you know what I mean? But, you know, Devante Hunter comes through with some, a, a nice medium and a nice maturity to the conversation when talking about relationships on wax. I really enjoy that. It's, 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 it's great. So shout out to him on that. And lastly, uh, Benny Butcher, 38 Spesh, Trust to Sopranos. Um, I find this. I find it. Uh, it's it's one of those projects that I didn't really. Uh, I wasn't really expecting to to be to be what it is. If that makes any sense, I saw. You know, I initially saw like Benny Thirty Eight Special. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. oh, here we go. Same. I was like, I was so excited. I was like, oh wait, what? 
Oh shit! <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is about to be heat. Oh yeah. my gosh, you talk to me ten tracks of like the Benny on bars, the yeah, special reactions. Is that what we're talking about? Is that kind of thing? Um, it's not that kind of thing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's 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 like the Braggs Soprano family um, previously, where it's just like you know, it's got Benny's name on it, but he's not exactly there all the time. Um, which I don't mind, you know, it's, it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, there's some good stuff on here. I've uh, got El Camino, Ransom, uh, Chain Noir on a couple, a couple of tracks as well. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's cool. It's cool. I can't complain. Um, very, a lot of uh, glamorous production, which is kind of interesting because I'm feeling the trend here because obviously um, La Mc, uh, McQueen, uh, Makina, um, that, that had that, that had, a, you know, a different, wasn't all gritty had some of that glamorous production if that, if that makes any sense i think if i say that i'm hoping that you guys know what i mean by that um uh just in just in terms of how it sounds like it just sounds much more uh i don't know uh contemporary i guess like no you know like um like like bl- not bling era but that kind of thing going on you know what i mean yeah. not not fully bling era but like just 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 rich it just sounds rich um, sounds like Cameron should be on it, so kind of kind of thing, you know what I mean? And you know that's kind of cool because you know um, I've 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 said it before, you know, around the t- I think like last year I was getting a bit of I was getting a bit of you know um, coke rap fatigue, I must admit, you know what I mean there was a lot of projects coming out uh, last year from that uh, from these guys and uh, everyone in their universe, and you know I was, I was, I was waiting for something different, and uh, you know Maki- La McQueen Makina is La it Makina? The Makina. Makina. Yeah, Makina. Um, had that uh, had that going on a couple tracks, and I, and I was, you know, it was very refreshing for me. And this one has kind of the same thing as well uh, for a few tracks. Uh, uh, you know, apart from maybe Love Lift, uh, where the that hook was just a bit eh for me. Uh, the Chain of Wild feature was great. But apart from that, yeah, I wasn't really into that. Uh, but yeah, part of the rest of it was, uh, you know, solid. Can't complain. Uh, solid stuff, you know, nothing to write home about, not album of the year or anything, but you know, good stuff all around. How about that said, we shall hop into our topic of this episode, and it's a Ben episode. Uh, <laughs> by that I mean Ben picked it, and um, yeah, we're talking about, I guess, cosines. Uh, the uh, the you know, obviously, the term stimulus package has come in in many fashions, and uh, this is uh, this is obviously not the uh, you know, uh, lockdown coronavirus uh, stimulus package. We're talking about that in terms of features and in terms of you know popular artists. Uh, I guess uh, coming on to uh, lesser known artists, quote unquote, and you know giving them a boost and giving them the best work, uh, the best commercial success that they <laughs> might probably ever have for 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 a few of them. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're talking about, stimmies. Uh, cosines, all of that, all of that, all of that. So, without further ado, Ben, what have you got for us today? Yeah, the reason I wanted this episode, uh, well, I'll tell people because we were gonna do. I think we would do far side this week. We might do them next week, but um, I've been too sick, man. I've been really unwell this week, so I kind of went for something that was a bit of low hanging fruit because I already have this data, and you know, this is something that's uh, maybe we won't get like an hour out of it, but I'm really interested to talk about it because. It's an, it's an example of artists to me taking back control from the label and having some sort of power in the industry. You know, if we use Dr. Dre as a case study, his cosign has always meant absolute gold, you know, and he's used that trust capital to become one of the wealthiest people in music and his influence is widespread. The same can be said of Diddy, Jay-Z, even Eminem. 
and I want to drill down and look at the mechanism of that. And I'm going to use four data sets that I have as examples. So I've got the stimulus packages of Drake, Kanye, Eminem, and J. Cole. Now, for those not up on what the stimulus package is, what I do is I go through the discography of influential artists and I look at how many times their collaborations with other artists resulted in new levels of success for those other artists. So the Drake stimulus package is pretty crazy. This is already a little bit out of date, which is so crazy. I think I only dropped it in December, but it's already out of date. There's a couple more to add to this list. That's how fast he does these things. But he's assisted 32 artists to their highest hot 100 position at the time. They jump an average of 19 places when Drake hops on their, their, their song. Six artists he's done it for multiple times, including Travis Scott and Future. Those, those are not unsuccessful artists. 18 of the artists had never charted before Drake hopped on their song. 18 out of 32 artists. Now, nowadays we like, okay, that's obvious. You know, that's a, that's obviously going to happen because Drake's one of the biggest artists in the world. So any artist he hops on is going to get propelled into the stratosphere. But think about why he does that. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But just think about that for a second. Like, why does he do that? Then we've got Kanye. Kanye's is a little bit more impressive because he's a producer as well. So 48 artists he's, a, he's assisted to their highest position 62 different times he's done that as a producer and a rapper. Um, Eminem as well. Uh, he kind of, he's been in a bit of meme stream territory is what I call it these days where it's kind of like Eminem is a bit of a, yeah, his, his songs get quite cartoonish numbers in comparison to the rest of the album. Uh, of the 72 guest spots he's on on Spotify that are actually on studio albums, 26 of those are the highest streamed on the album and 14 are the second highest. So that's well over 50%. That goes all the way back to 1997, those statistics. J. Cole is the crazy one. J. Cole is a much crazier number. So a J. Cole feature will increase your streams by 223% on average from 2010 to 2021. Nine times the J. Cole song was 1,000% more or above was 1,000% more or above the... Wait, hang on, let me say that again. 1,000% above or more than the album average. I think his highest was like 33,000% higher, the streams on the song, than the album average. That's bonkers, man. That's crazy. Like, that's that's the level of like... That's passive income level. That's like I got J. Cole on a song, and now in perpetuity, I'm going to be making a check off this song every month. Like, it's just crazy numbers. And all of these artists have exerted their influence over the game in different ways. But I find this a fascinating example of one artist having so much power outside of the major label system. Or maybe because of it. Maybe because of it. But at that point, now that control is in your hands. And we spoke last week, I think it was last week or the week before, where I said like 99% of the top 50 selling albums in the US came from three major labels. Like I like this idea mm. of um, you know, artists having the ability to kind of become tastemakers themselves and to push mainstream music in the direction that they want it to go. You know, I feel like Drake a lot of the time probably identifies trends before they're going to get hot and he hops on them. But I don't know that that's <laughs> into- but I don't know that that's entirely fair because I I feel like Drake is such a big artist now that he everything he hops on is going to be popular anyway. So I don't know if we can draw the line between whether Drake identified something that was already going to pop and jumped on it or Drake found something that wasn't popping yet and jumped on it, and then it began to pop. Like, I, I don't know that distinction. But if you look at these other artists on this mm. list, 
they've all created their own labels. And we can talk about the varying levels of success of those labels. You know, Shady, Shady's not had the greatest success with uh, keeping artists and, and keeping artists in the mainstream. Obviously, Dreamville is kind of trying to, they look like they're trying to do a TDE kind of thing where it's, it's uh, I'm going to use the term again, but it's like high art level. It's like, you know, we're going to curate this and cultivate this and, and we're going to drop special projects. If you compare that to Griselda, which is ironic because Griselda probably have that aesthetic even more, but they just drop constantly. And, you know, J. Cole, Dreamville, Eminem with Shady, Kanye's got good music. Uh, Drake's got OVO, which, you know, you could say what you want about OVO. But, um, yeah, I just thought I wanted to talk about the power of a cosign. And um, I was just interested to see what Charlie had to say on it. Uh, okay, so... Um... I think the uh, oh, I had a hair in my mouth. Sorry. Um, I think like uh, uh, it is interesting of how about uh, how artists um, I think don't recognize how powerful they are sometimes. Like it, it like, I I got a I've, I've, someone sent me a tweet today um, where I, uh, someone uh, well well not someone but the baby. Um, had uh, on his uh, you know Spotify homepage there's a thing that I don't know if it's new or if it's been a thing but uh, they have like an artist pick um, and uh, he's put on uh, this uh, artist uh, by the name of I'm just trying to uh, Byri yeah Byri um, she has three k three and a half k followers on her Twitter right and it's the baby so and what's the monthly listenership fifty five million as of that screenshot um, so that's that's pretty good <laughs> like that that's 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 a decent that's a decent co-sign in some fashion you know what i mean like it's not it's not a feature it's not put on in that kind of way but that's okay that, that's that's not bad um uh of, of just a you know just an icu kind of thing um i i think that's i think that'll give a lot of anybody a good uh that's a good motivator for anybody you know what i mean that just the fact that someone uh and and I feel like I responded to that. I said that's, that's something that you know I feel like artists should do. Like uh, you know, artists pick uh, this out al- this album really like uh, really like this album. Just you know, it's by someone who you haven't heard of. And you know, if it was, hey, hey man, if my if the artists I rate put, put do that stuff and they and I saw that artist pick, I'm gonna give that shit a listen. Like there's plenty of artists I've listened to just off the back of this artist um, appreciates them. But you don't rate uh, the baby. <laughs> why? Why? Why is it like that? Uh, uh, what? What? <laughs> you know, rocking with the baby. I mean, I'm I'm okay with the baby. Like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I might listen to Byrie. Yeah, sure. Why not? Fuck it. Like, you know, if she has an EP out, like, if, if if she has a 2021 project, I might give it a spin. Why not? Fuck it. You know what I mean? But yeah, don't worry. You sidetrack me there. Thanks for that. Uh, I anyway, apologize. But, um, uh, trying to get trying to get a rise out. It's fine. Anyway, um, yeah, but uh. You know, the overall argument, I guess, as it pertains to, like, cosigns and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, obviously, obviously, <laughs> you, you forced me, you forced my hand and you want me to respond to that Drake bit. Cause, I mean, you don't like, have to, you, know, you don't have to, but, like, I, I was just, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't on, it wasn't an attempt to be inflammatory. Yeah. I was just uh, okay. curious, yeah. you know. Okay, yeah, yeah curious, yeah, so that's, that's what they all say. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I, I I'm very cynical about that Nate about that side of Drake, um, and I've made that known uh, before. 
Like, I don't see it as uh, always an innocent thing where it's just like, oh, I like this ISO, I'm a, you know, I want to work with them. I, it, it just, it just, it, 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 and you know, I don't think the, I don't think the artist, whoever it is, minds, right? And that's, that's fine. I, I, it's not me. I don't care, right? But I just feel like the ulterior motive is so obvious. It's just, it just, um, it just puts, it just takes me out of it where it just feels so, uh, um, I don't know. It, it can be both, it can be both at the same time. You know what I mean? It can be, I rate this, it could be straight saying, I rate this person, I want to work with them, but it could also be, uh, you know, I want to get this sound on my album, right, or, or I want to uh, test out this sound and see if I fit in it, which, regardless if he does or not, he'll do it anyway, so questions always answered on that front. It could be both, right, I feel like it can be both, the cynical and the uh, innocent, um, but I feel like from I feel like from most artists um, at the top of their game, I do find that interesting as to who they actually like, who they want to, whose work they want to be on. Because I t- I tell you, when I heard them J Cole on Twenty uh, Ones a lot, I was very surprised that he even like just that collab even happened. So I just didn't see that collab happening. Um, it, it just completely blindsided me. I mean, it's good and uh, you know, 20 run returned the favor on the off season and that was good. So, you know, they're two for two right now and I'm I can't complain. I mean, they probably have others but I haven't kept up. But yeah, yeah. In my in my book they're two for two and uh, that's very interesting um as to just how that happened. Um cuz like I said before, I just I just didn't really see that coming initially. Um but I, I I have to I always have to like think of it. I don't know why I do it. You know I, why I think so cynically about cosigns and you know and uh, uh, quote unquote stimulus packages. Um, I I guess it's just um, you know I see it as just I don't know. I, I, another 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 cog in the machine. Uh, you know it's just like the labels just like maybe they have both eyes and they just like you know slap them together and it's just like so forced and stuff like that i can't think of a specific example to that uh, to my theory but uh you know it that's a possibility on that front i'm not saying any of the examples i've given are that on that are on that level but you know i just i can't help but think cynically sometimes Uh, and maybe just like when it has to come off as so organic like I don't know anything Kenny Beats does like in terms of features like every time you know someone like actually any producer to be honest actually think now I'm thinking about it apart from apart from one but we won't say his name um don't don't no don't don't turn your mic on I I heard that don't bother I heard that turn your mic off let me talk turn your mic off (laughs) turn your fuck I'm I'm not even gonna edit that out because uh, usually I edit out when I when when it, when the because on our both our microphones uh, you can hear it when you turn the mic on it's like a dunk dunk um, so I heard that shit but I'm not gonna delete it just for the kicks um, but yeah even with most producers like a Kenny Beats uh, you know like a, I don't know take your pick uh, Harry Fraud right it just comes off as organic to me you know what I mean but when like a, a top tier top five commercial artist comes through to do a collab with someone 
I, I, I can't help but feel, you know, not full cynicism because a good example of potentially just, um, you know, thrown together but actually worked, um, you know, uh, Nikki and uh, Ariana. I, I, I just, you know, I feel like there's, you can, you can, you can throw in a cynical angle to that, but I, but I kind of don't because, you know, when they're on the, when they're on the tracks with each other, it's actually really good and, you know, it's good stuff. Um, so, you know, I guess you can base it down to just like, do you like it or not? And uh, that's fine. Uh, and a lot of people really enjoy when, you know, two top tier artists collab, um, for obvious reasons. Uh, because I guess for some reason people think it's like I don't know, uh, uh, like what uh, seeing a seeing a star shower uh, for like a once in a lifetime event or something. Uh, but you know, I, I I just I just I just have this cynical side coming through sometimes with some of these, um, and makes me puts a bad taste in my mouth, regardless if the song's good or not. Um, but yeah. It's it's an interesting fact. It's an interesting um side of I think modern music at the moment. Obviously, it's been a thing of like you know, um, fun fact I actually learned about recently. Um, this is kind of just way out of the. This is a complete tangent, but I just wanted to throw out this fun fact. Um, did you know Ben that um uh Beyonce did backing vocals on uh Frank Ocean's Pink and White? Did, did not, not know. know that was her. Did, not, Did know. not know that was her. My mind was fucking blown when I heard that, bruv. And also, there was a Stevie Wonder song. Um, obviously, it was his birthday. Uh, well, day after mine, actually. Um, where uh, he had Michael Jackson, like, at the height of Michael Jackson being Michael Jackson, uh, on his track, doing backing vocals. And I was like, that's such a fucking flex. I love it. I just, oh, such a elite flex. I forgot what song it was. Um, but yeah, I just, I learned that. Fa- I learned those couple of facts uh, recently. I was just, I was just absolutely mind blown. But, you know, that's, that's kind of, I don't know what you want to call that. That's obviously different. Um, that's just a. That's just an. I don't know. Like a. That's just a fan flex. If you if you're a fan, you know that. And if you see the line in the notes, you're like, wait, the Michael Jackson, <laughs> like the Luther Vandross on this track on uh, doing backing vocals on this track, huh? That's fascinating. But yeah, obviously this is much more abrupt, and that's kind of where I come down on that. Uh, it is. It, it sometimes feels abrupt. Um, I guess oh, yeah, there you go. I found a reason to link it. it it just feels abrupt to me it feels like backing vocals and they're not even like mentioned on the features and they're just mentioned on like the liner notes or whatever on the vinyl then that feels uh, there's an organic feeling to that to me because you're not you're not you know squeezing the teat of somebody like uh, oh Drake's on my track you know what I mean just it's not it's not that it's like I've got this person on uh, to do to do some backing vocals, it's a flex. I feel like it's a flex most of the time, but it adds to the it adds to the the overall nature of it and how cool it is and how cool music can be in terms of collaboration. And I like that organic nature to it. I think that you've gone down the path of again the path that we always tread down of like capitalism versus art and business versus art because I feel like in that. Instance, oh, you know me is, so well. But it's a great point. It's a great point because, you know, Kendrick's done a few of these kind of things where he's popped up on, uh, who was he on? He was on some Reason songs, I think, or it might have been some Zachary songs off an album where he just wasn't credited at all. He was obviously on that uh, Revenge of the Dreamers song. Was it Under the Sun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was on. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of instances where these kind of artists just pop up in the background and that's the art. 
you know, that's the art. That's not for the, that's not the business side. That's not, hey, I've got Kendrick Lamar on my song. That's like, I've got Kendrick Lamar in the studio and he's helping me out and we're creating something together. We're not worried about whether it goes number one or not. We're not worried about how many streams it gets. We're worried about how great this is. And I think it's, it's, it's hard to divorce any kind of cosign from that um, because I even think if you're looking at more overt cosigns, you know, if we use, I don't know who we could use as an example, but like maybe we use Kid Cudi and Kanye with 808s, you know, where Kid Cudi and Kanye worked together on that and Kid Cudi imparted a lot of sound and, and ability and knowledge on that record and, and really helped the direction of it. And so I think it just ends up becoming part of the creative process. And that's why I can't be very mad at Drake because it's like, it's it's fair to do that. It's collaboration. And I think Drake is almost offering a whole other spectrum with regards to this. It's like, okay, you're creating something that I've never created before. You're creating a sound that I really like and really want to tap into. Let's work together. Teach me, impart your knowledge. And I'm also going to get you to number one. So it's like, I can't, I could never be mad at that. I'm, I'm cool with that. And I think, you know, the, the cosine in the end is everything and it's nothing. You know, it's how you use it and how talented you are. And it's how valuable your work ethic is and, and how much time and energy you're willing to put in it. Because if you look at the, the artist that Shady Records has managed, we can see the perils of the cosine. You know, it can become a gift rather than a curse. And if you look at where Obi Trice is now, I mean, he was ubiquitous in the early 2000s. And uh, Cheese is a great album. Uh, his second album, Second Rounds on Me, great album. They're both great albums. But unfortunately, when you're at that level, it can be a huge drop-off just psychologically, just for you as, a, as, a, as an artist, as a person, to be going, you know, number one, number top five, whatever those two records did, to dropping out of the top 50 or out of the top 100. And it's kind of like, what do I do now? How do I put out music? Where am I meant to go? And that's a huge hit that you can take. And, and Nori actually said something about this on Drink Champs, and I forget who he was talking to, um, but it's a classic quote. And he says, it's hard when you wake up and you were the man on Monday, but you're not the man anymore on Wednesday. And his whole point was like, if you're massive and popping, and then two years later you're not, that's a really hard place to be. So I think that means it's the, the, the double-edged of the of the cosign. We saw it with like Memphis Bleak, for example, where Jay-Z pops up in 1998 on his first, his third record, sorry, the first song. And he's like, Bleak's going to be, or uh, Pain in the Arse said, Bleak's going to be the new improved Jay-Z. And then Bleak has to create a career for seven years based off that. Like that's impossible to do. No one's going to recreate Jay-Z. And so I see the cosign on the other side of you know the the major artist side and this is you know it's probably gonna go against what charlie said but i see it as a relatively selfless gesture you know as selfless as you can get in the industry which is not that selfless but if you're sharing your status with someone else who doesn't hold it mutual benefit to you you know or at least tangible benefit the sort that you know the general consumers can see then i think that that's pretty epic you know you could argue again as i said before that drake is identifying the next wave and attaching himself to it before it begins but that still takes skill. That still takes skill to be able to identify who will be successful, you know? And I think that that's, that's a side of it that people don't think about very often is, yes, there are benefits to being the cosigner. Uh, you know, like you might get, for example, when Jay-Z went to Philly and got all the young Philly rappers 
and brought them back to Rockefeller. Is it you know that's expanding Rockefeller's influence. That's expanding his uh, fan base, and that's expanding that. But at the same time, that's a lot of effort. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of energy. You know, you could look into it and say, yeah, Jay Z's now got this huge fan base in Philly. It's like, well, did that translate into to sales? Did that translate into influence? Like, what, is, what does he get out of that? It's a lot of effort to go there, to get these artists, to bring them back, to sign them, to drop these records, you know, to, to pitch them to Def Jam, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought um, Yo and Donna spoke about cosigns in, in 2019 for DJ Booth. And um, Donna wrote that a cosign can be a symbol of potential longevity. You know, that an artist sees a quality in you that will keep you in the mainstream for long periods of time. And I actually disagree on that. Uh, I think it depends on the cosign. You know, I don't think Drake hopping on your song now is a mark of approval with regards to longevity because, you know, seven of Drake's uh, assists on his stimulus package never charted again and plenty of them never charted as high again as they did with Drake. So I don't necessarily see it anymore as a sign of longevity. I saw it back in the day as a sign of longevity. You know, if Dr. Dre grabbed you, Dr. Dre wasn't grabbing you for a song. And maybe that's the difference now between what it used to be like. And maybe that's why we get... Yeah, maybe that's why it's a little bit more cynical now, why we feel a little bit more jaded towards it now. Because back in the day, obviously, you know, Diddy with Biggie... um, Not that Diddy needed to co-sign Biggie, but Diddy was in the label system. So that's the distinction to make there. Dr. Dre obviously with Snoop, Dr. Dre with Eminem, Dr. Dre with 50 Cent. He wasn't picking them up for a song. He was like, these guys are going to make bank for extended periods of time. You know, look at the way Jermaine Dupri uh, and MC Light, uh, not MC Light, sorry, um, DeBrat went in that. You know, Jermaine Dupri was not in it for an album. You know, Jermaine Dupri was not like, he he workshopped DeBrat, which is a horrible way to say it. But I mean, that's, you know, when you look at the male-female distinction, but this is how, you know, males were doing this with other males. This is just how uh, this kind of thing worked back in the day. He was like, let's have, we put out one album. Okay, it didn't work. We'll put out another album. Let's see what, what direction we need to go here, here. Bang, that was like, what, five, six years of hard work, man. And that's yeah. that's a difference from what it is now where it's like, oh, let me let me hop on this song and get it to number one and I'll, I'll text you in a couple of years and see how you're going. You know, it's not like, you know, and that's that's why I do respect artists like um, J. Cole with Dreamville uh, because, you know, he's clearly trying to build something in that same mold of the 90s and the early 2000s where artists would, and same with Young Money and Lil Wayne, you know, they're trying to build something. And so that's why I respect J. Cole. And I think that's why there's different levels of cosign. You know, Yo and Donna said in their interview that, or their, their discussion that, that brands could co-sign you or labels could... Co- I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with that um, as much as I love both those people and uh, I really love that discussion. It's just my opinion is brands and labels are not co-signs. Those are business decisions. You know, those are business partnerships. To me, that's... Yeah. You know, Sprite Sprite and Travis Scott linking up is not Sprite saying, oh, yeah, we co-sign Travis Scott. That's like, oh, McDonald's. Gonna, yeah, exactly. We're going to make bank <laughs> off Travis Scott. You know, it's 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 a different kind of uh, level. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, that's that's a great that's a great point. I was I was literally just thinking about that um, from a standpoint of um, <clears throat> uh, brands and that. I was just like, they're not. I mean, not not to make it like not not to, you know, make it not about just mu- uh, uh, just music, but like you know, the, all these companies, you know, doing the you know the lgbt stuff and the you know blm stuff like 
it's because they know what the audience wants. Like, if you guys care about it, they'll talk about it. It's not them being, you know what I mean? It's response to what you're saying, not the other way around. It's not like, hey, guys, we're suddenly into it. Like, I I, I find it so funny. I'll get off his tangent just a bit, but I just find it so funny when, like, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, you know, during... Um, What's it? What's what's the history? What's the history month called? Um, but like, uh, uh, you know, when it's like a, a Pride Month, that's the word. Um, you know, when it when it's Pride Month, uh, <laughs> with the Twitter accounts for like certain companies, just do the rainbow shit, <laughs> and then as soon as the month's end, gone. <laughs> what's the point? It's so funny. It's just so the lip service is so useless. It's just like it's like okay, thanks, cheers for that. Um, but yeah, uh, it's. <laughs> it's kind of like that, but um, even with that, um, uh, going back to your Jermaine Dupri puff point, um, the the word that the phrase that I came that I was had in my head whirling around while you were talking about that, and it's probably not the best word for it, but the the the, the phrase is mule ticket. Um, I I can't you know I'm not I'm not saying like the uh, you know puff did it just to you know uh, get on top right or he did want to get on top and I'm not saying like he didn't care about big and any of that kind of stuff I went, I'm not saying about that same with Jermaine Dupree I'm sure he cared about the brat hence why he put so many years in, uh, in into her work same with Criss Cross same with B- uh, uh, Puff and uh, you know Biggie especially we could have the conversation about other artists that are not named Biggie and Kim but that's that's on that's, that's for another uh, episode um but you know when 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 Diddy left, um, was it Arista? Was it Arista Records? I, I forget the name or Atlantic. Oh, I forget. Yeah. I, 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 forget I know it starts with the name. Yeah, I know it starts with the name. Um, but yeah, when he got fired from there, um, and obviously he went to start on his own, immediately went to Big. Um, that's a that's that's a confidence. Like you know, I know you're good. I know I'm good in what I do. Let's do something. And clearly, it worked on that front, right? That's good foresight. Um, but. You know, even even with that kind of stuff, you can make a cynical argument towards it, which I'm not, but you can uh, for for maybe different for maybe different entities. Um, it may it, and maybe with the J stuff you mentioned with the Philly artists, like did he really rate them like that, or did he just see a good market in Philly that he wasn't really good in, into yet and needed to find a way to get into that? Who knows? Just I'm just speculating on that front. But yeah, um, I, I, I guess I'm talking about this more on like a not just the artists um, themselves front obviously with like you know people like Jermaine and uh, and Puff and Jay that's obviously because at that point they had you know uh uh late their label head hat the label hat on uh in in a, in a lot of those cases right um and uh, for a management hat as well A&R kind of hat um but you know Jay Cole is a de- is a very interesting uh, case study as even pertains to that would like the if you even if he even had the label hat on I feel like he's doing it in a way that you know comes from a very respectable light obviously with the Revenge of the Dreamers uh, albums themselves you know we we did a whole episode on that and it is very interesting of how he's gone about uh, putting people on uh, via his label or just you know by messing with them in general. I do find that very interesting um, as to how he's going about that. It's not coming off, you know, very. it's not coming off where I can maybe give a cynical argument to it, whereas the others, you potentially could. Um, 
but that's just me. Maybe maybe I'm just being a dick on that front. Um, but yeah, it is a very interesting side of that. Uh, as I'm saying to J. Cole, it's, it's, it's a very interesting way he's going about that. Drake, on the other hand, is like... I, I Obviously, he's not thinking about it. <laughs> obviously, yeah, he doesn't have his label hat on too much, um, <laughs> which is a, which is a running joke. Um, but uh, you know, this it is it is different, and I would like to say it's kind of unique, um, but I can't really like break it down properly in 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 life it, with my life thought right now because. Um, you know, you mentioned about like how uh, some of the uh, some of the people he has put on, you know, that's their most populous track, and it most likely will forever will be. Um, I don't know whether you can consider that a positive or a negative. That you know, they can they can you know go tell their grandkids, you know, I tried with Drake. You know, maybe it's that kind of thing. Maybe that's how they look here, or maybe like you said, they can they could easily see that as a curse and see it as like you know. Uh, I don't know, like, uh, I, I let it go to my head, or, you know, I was r- too relaxed about that, you know what I mean, I, I just took that, and lived with it, and then, uh, you know, thought that, you know, there'll be, I guess, maybe a listenership that came through via that, and then, you know, they dropped their, maybe their first EP, or their first album straight after, and it flops, then, you know, you start asking yourself questions, maybe, I don't know. Um, I've thought about a specific case study on that front. You probably could, um, but yeah, it is it is interesting on the Drake front uh, as to how uh, or even why he does it. Um, I've obviously mentioned uh, you know my cynical side of it, but I'm, you know I'm trying to think of it not from like a uh, a higher up kind of thing and just you know as an artist, why does Drake do it? Um, I don't know if you have an answer to that, um, but yeah, I can't, I can't really, uh, I don't know, lock in like a, like a solid thought on that front. With regards to having the label, is that what you were saying? No, I'm trying, I'm, I'm, you know, I previously was talking, I guess, more about the la- the label side of things, and I guess on the Drake front, more about how, you know, he sees, because, uh, uh, you know, for all the things I can say about Drake, <clears throat> I think he has a good uh, level of foresight, and uh, you know, similar to someone like uh, The Weeknd, which is a great example. Like, you know, when uh, After Hours is that the is that the name of the album? Yeah, I, I don't know why I was I thought I thought I was having a mind blank about it, uh, but yeah, you know, when After Hours came out, you know, something I've been thinking about um, on the outside. Uh, just in general thought uh, now and again is how many and I think I've mentioned this on the show before maybe but like how many projects are coming out that are so throwback in nature like you know with the 80s synths and just full-on 80s 70s vibes Uh, I can mention several artists like off the top of my head that are really going down that route with their new stuff new work and it's very interesting that's that's a that's not that you can consider that foresight because uh, people are people like that sound some for some reason. I don't know why people are going back to this throwback, uh, going to this throwback route. I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm vibing to some of it. Uh, but it's just interesting. I uh, ask a question about that. But with Drake, it's much more obvious. Where like the foresight is like you know, Afrobeats is the thing. Let's jump on that wave. Uh, 
gr- uh, 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 drill is the thing. Let's hop on that wave. UK artists are blowing up. Let me hop on that wave. Like, it's super obvious to me. I see it as cynical. Someone else can see it as, oh, he's super smart. He's super foresighty about it. I think we're both right. <laughs> but uh, even with that, is that just him? Uh, and that was a question I asked before, but I'm just trying to think of it purely as as Drake the artist. Uh, um, I guess why does he why why does he do it? Is it just a, is it just about foresight, or is it just like I mess with his eyes and I want to put him on? Yeah, I mean we could never speak to his intent. I guess if we don't, we haven't heard him actually say it in an interview. But I think it's it's both sides. I think you know I think both both people get a, a boost from this kind of thing. Someone was saying that Drake doesn't even charge for features. He just pops up and takes a percentage of whatever the song <laughs> does, which would not surprise me at all. That would not surprise me at all because who knows what the song is going to do? You know, it could go number one or it could go number eighty. It's like you, you're not really sure what's going to hit and what's not. I guess with Drake, it's almost certain that it is going to hit. But, you know, I see it differently. You know, the thing that I find interesting about Drake, and I was going to ask this question is, can you be a true hip-hop goat if you don't have some sort of label in your, you know, in your history or some sort of group or some sort of thing that you've cultivated? You know what I mean? Like, obviously, 50 Cent had G-Unit. Eminem had Shady, Jay Z had oh, Rockefeller, right, okay. Rock Nation, uh, Little Wayne sure. has Young Money. Um, you know, can you be a goat without having Jade Cole's got Dreamville without having that? And I, I think that Drake wanted to tick that box with OVO, but I'm not really sure that he. That's where his passion lies, and it's the same with Eminem and Shady Records. I don't necessarily think that's Eminem's passion is cultivating you know, a, a roster and a label of artists. I think that these kind of artists, and I think it would be unfair to say whatever we say about Drake and not say it about Eminem, which means to me that I can't really say anything negative about Drake because I don't really see Shady Records as being the greatest label in the history of the world. I mean, it hasn't hasn't exploded and there's been some negative press around it. You know, Griselda have said some stuff about it where they don't really want to be on it anymore unless i'm misinterpreting that but that was my impression is that they had a couple of albums come out of it but they they didn't want to progress that relationship and that's cool man that's fine like i think for drake and eminem to have those labels but not really pour their heart and soul into it it's evidently not where their mind is and i think it's very harsh to compare that to say jay-z and rockefeller where Jay-Z even, he didn't even want to release a second album. His whole goal was to release Reasonable Doubt and make Rockefeller, like, you know, not a household name, but to give it some credibility and then to just focus on progressing the artist that he saw talent in. And so, yeah, you know, I I see these two artists, and I'm going to use Eminem and Drake as an example here. I see them as way more focused on the art and the music rather than the business side of things. Now, Drake obviously is a business. He's a brand. He's generating lots of money. He's very savvy when it comes to this. You know, he knows exactly what he's doing, or at least his team does. But at the same time, I'm not seeing him just creating a dynasty with OVO. I'm seeing him more create a dynasty around his own brand, around his own music, around his own artistry, where this stimulus package is that dynasty. All these songs and these these 
yeah, I mean, these songs getting these extra chart positions, that's wild to me, you know? And I see that just as beneficial as creating a label situation where these artists, these other artists can can thrive. I, I see it as the exact same kind of thing. I just see it, maybe, maybe it's even more streamlined than that because those things take time and effort and energy. Jake's just gonna pop up and he's like, make sure everything's sorted afterwards. Like that's what that would be my advice to every artist that Drake contacts and says, let's do a song together. Make sure you know what you're gonna do after this because this song is gonna catapult you and people are gonna be talking about you. Now hit them with some shit afterwards to make sure you stay in the conversation. And I think that that's often lost. You know, that's often lost. And you see it in artists like Fetty Wap who blew up like crazy. And this is not, he didn't blow up of a cosign obviously, but um, he tried so much afterwards and it didn't hit. And it's kind of hard to see that. It's the same with designer. You know, I found it really hard to watch designers uh, post Kanye, post... uh, yeah, I just found it hard post-Panda career. You know, I think he had some really great music after that. And it was almost like he kept throwing things and they didn't work. And it was really, I felt really bad for him because I'm like, this is good music. I just don't understand why it's not hitting anymore. And, you know, that was even within the label that Kanye had created. So I yeah. don't know. But with, like to circle all the way back to your question, you know, uh, with Drake, it's I think it's impossible to tell. I think it's impossible to tell. I think... Drake has probably created a situation where it it certainly doesn't look bad for the other artists. It's almost like a mutual thing. It's almost like I'm going to get as much out of this as you are, where I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing, but I think it probably skirts around the selfless thing that I said earlier about the cosign. I, I, I do think that. And, you know, when I look back at other artists, like maybe Jay-Z, and I look at, like, the artists that he brought on, is that is are those artists helping his relevancy into his career? I mean, I'm sure that these mm. these people who are doing these cosigns, I'm sure that's a thought in the back of their mind. Like this is going to help keep me relevant and fresh. And you know, Jay obviously had Drake on Blueprint Three, didn't even give him a verse, which was pretty pretty cold hearted, <laughs> man. Like, I feel like you got to give give Drake a verse, but like. Yeah, I see that, and and I think that that was probably the last time Jay really did this. But at the same time, like, yeah, maybe that selfless comment I made earlier is um not not as relevant now that I dig deeper into it. <laughs> uh, no, that's it. But you make you make you make some good points, and uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it probably is all speculation on uh, speculation on just. Uh, you know people's motives. I feel uh, if Drake actually allows it, uh, the other person to just uh, take all the pee from it, uh, then you know I actually I generally think my mind might change on mm. uh, on several things yeah, about that's Drake. A good point. Um, if that if that is actually factual, because <clears throat> that's a a gen that's a different kind of generosity that I did not that I, uh, that I do not see coming. Uh, but yeah. Apart from that, uh, I, I I fully understand what you mean, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting um, it's an interesting side of uh, uh, music in general that I don't think people talk about often. Uh, I feel like people only talk about it now um, because of how uh, sometimes um, I I guess because of the 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 rate at which we consume music these most people consume music these days on average i'd say um is so much 
you know the 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 world is spinning much faster on 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 the music front where like you know we can there's always a drop excuse me there's always a drop to be you know uh hype about every week and if there's not then we feel like oh this year's shit this year's horrible for drops oh oh the world is falling you know what i mean i i feel like it's so everything's so ravenous at the moment as to how on average people consume music these days uh is seen as um the feet the feature and just like uh, and anything like that is seen as just like a uh uh I, not I try, i'm trying to figure out how to how to word it but like uh it's seen as an event you know what i mean it's seen more of a, a, as an event and i can't really comment on how a feature stood um in like uh the 90s or whatever i, I don't think I, I think you have to like you have to be there to like i think fully understand how you know genuine or well not genuine but like how big a certain feature was obviously there's some that you can you know retrospectively look at and just go whoa that's a that's a that's a that's a boss feature to have on your album right there man that's that's a clean one right uh you know two pack on digital underground for example right couldn't see that's obviously not that was the same song wasn't uh uh it was it was a good it, i think it was a well received song at that point but it wasn't like oh two pack like <laughs> everyone's heard a two pack right it's not like that uh but whereas you know, if it's something uh, these days where someone has, you know, has a good, I don't know, a SoundCloud following, right? And then they're put on by, you know, a mainstream artist all of a sudden, then that's something different. That's a different, that's different type of gravy right there, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of, I think, outside factors that have uh, given more importance or just have given the idea of a feature being more uh of an event you know what i mean like the amount the amount of times hip-hop twitter is going like this person's on a feature oh my gosh friday's gonna be lit it's like okay right it's like it's it's okay guys like (laughs) they're just dropping a verse (laughs) the world ain't caving in like calm your tits it's not that deep they're just dropping a feature, maybe a hook, who knows, but, you know, it's just, it's not, I don't, I personally don't find a feature that worthy of, an, of like, screaming, screaming on Twitter about, um, but, hey, each to their own, but I do feel like there's a genuine shift into how, uh, you know, due to the amount of music people consume on average, I feel like a, uh, a feature or just anything like that or just a cosign in general uh, comes across as something much larger than it used to be, especially. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, examples. I mean, one of the things that really interested me about what you just said is uh, my brain immediately went back to times when I bought albums based off of who the feature was. Like, for a while, okay. I was buying every album that Jay-Z was featured on. So I ended okay. up with, yeah, I ended up with like, I ended up actually ended up with Speaker Box, Love Below, based off the fact that Jay-Z was on Flip Flop Rock, which is crazy. It's now <laughs> one shit. of my favorite <laughs> song, albums ever. Uh, I got into you Snoop. got more than you bargained for. Then. I know, right? I got way more than I bargained for. Um, I bought Paid the Cost to Be the Boss by Snoop Dogg because Jay-Z was on Lollipop. Snoop that was my first Dogg. Snoop Dogg album. Bang, uh, boom, what you so that was, a, that was a part of it. Um 
obviously I bought Cheers by Obi Trice because of Eminem because I was up on Eminem at the time. Uh, I bought D12 World uh, because of Eminem's connection. So I, I think in the 90s and the 2000s, it was still a massive... I think it was even more... It was even bigger back then. I feel like it was a bigger thing back then simply for the fact that you know, you had to buy albums. Nowadays, you can go stream. And that's actually, that's a great point. Because if I'm looking at this J. Cole thing or even the Eminem thing where it's looking at the percentage of streams based, uh, okay. sorry, so the percentage of streams, the percentage more streams that the J. Cole feature got yep. or that the Eminem yep. feature got, it's clear yep. that people are going to that album for that one single song. Yeah, there we go. I was about to ask you. Okay, Here we go. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like one mm. stream, okay? You're not listening to the rest. It's clear Okay, it's very clear from, don't. Yeah, exactly. yeah, from the mm-hmm. overt statistics that 95% of the people are not listening to the rest of the album at all. They're going to that mm-hmm. one song. Back in mm-hmm. the day, when we were buying CDs, I keep saying back in the day, but like <laughs> we had to, we that was just, that cost $19, okay? I was talking to my friend who's in his late 30s now, and we were actually talking about the Tribe album, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, and he was like, you know, Tribe was so amazing that everyone just went out and bought it. And, uh, no, sorry, I think it was Love Movement he was talking about. And he was just like, yeah. everyone was like, what the fuck? Like, this is weird. But they had no choice but to live with it and see if it grew on them. Because you couldn't just go and stream another album. You couldn't just go and stream another playlist. You spent $19 on that album. You better fucking find something to like about it. And I think that, that this <laughs> and is the a feature. thing. Yep, okay. This mm-hmm. is a thing. This is a thing. So, you know, mm-hmm. you put that album on. Sure, you go straight to the song with your favorite artist on it and you bump it. And mm-hmm. you're like, this is crazy. But then you're like, well, mm-hmm. I've got this album. This And a lot of the time, these... It. These weren't the singles. You know, these weren't the singles. You couldn't go out and buy the maxi single of Lollipop. It didn't exist. It was, it was an album track. So you got to listen to the mm. whole album. And I became a fan of Snoop that way. I became a fan of uh, Outkast that way. You know, I became a fan of D12 that way. So that's a huge difference. That's crazy. I never thought of it like that before. But that's mm. that's a big difference. That kind of makes it, it, it kind of devalues it. And I don't think it devalues it in a cynical way or a, a you know, no one it's no one's fault it's just the way that music is consumed now but it's just evolved like that yeah it kind of devalues it doesn't it when you think about it if if artists are only if if listeners are only going to that one song and they're not checking out the rest of the album and the statistics prove that <laughs> damn yeah. man that's that sucks i feel like we should bin the whole episode because we just discovered that that's because uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh we've talked about the we, we spent literally 90 percent this episode uh talking about how uh, important a cosign Damn. is and can be, and then we j- and then we got to and then we just got to that little you know light bulb moment. And it's just like, huh, it kind of doesn't mean shit sometimes. Uh, most of the time, does it? <laughs> but that <laughs> thing that that's the yeah, I agree with you. That was a weird thing to come to, <laughs> but you know, it kind of backs up what I said earlier about having to make sure that you've got shit in place. Like you need to. You know, sure, that's momentum, and that's going to drive traffic to your page. And maybe this is just the the era that we live in. One of the things that I find fascinating about Twitter is when I'm on my other Twitter account, my timeline, I always get the trending tweets of the day. You know, there's always some random tweet that's got 200,000 likes, and it's from some account you never heard of. And then you immediately see underneath, show thread, and you click on it, and they're trying to promote themselves or they're trying to promote something they're doing underneath <laughs> this completely unrelated uh-huh. to the actual tweet. And yep. you click on their profile and they've got a thousand followers, but they've got 200,000 yep. likes on this tweet. And you come back in a couple of days, exactly. and I've done this a few times, and they've got a thousand and ten followers. 
And it's like you gained probably 20 million impressions off this tweet and gained 10 followers off it. You know, that's not, that's, but at the same time, these aren't, these are just random people on the internet. This is not like a, this is, they aren't set up to be businesses. And one of the things Mm. I learned really early about hip hop numbers was going viral was nothing unless I had stuff to back it up. It didn't matter unless I had like a body of work and things people could see and be like, okay, this is, he's putting out this content all the time. I really want to engage with this. And so I think that's the exact same with artists now in this era where, you know, Lil Baby obviously had the Drake feature and uh, continued onwards because he had a, a whole body of work prior and he had everything set up post and he was ready to go. Whereas an artist like maybe Blockboy Jay-Z, uh, Blockboy Jay-Z, Blockboy. <laughs> Bro, I am such a Jay-Z stan. It's just sickening. Oh, I got that's Hollywood. A, that's a mashup. I got the... Yeah, that's I know, right? No, nah, but that would that'd be kind of fire, I reckon. I don't know. I'd, I'd be happy with that. But... um. Yeah, so we see with Blockboy JB, he I think he popped up on a Rico Nasty album, but you know, I don't think he's charted again on the Hot 100, or if he has, it's not very high after Look Alive with Drake. And you know, bro, I, I don't even know where to go with that because, like, shit, man, that kind of sucks, eh? Like, it's it's almost like a perfunctionary thing. It's it's not even that. I don't know. I don't know how you how you handle that as an artist. Yeah, that's um. That's definitely a side to it that you have to, I guess, weigh up. And all right, I'm gonna kill it there. That's a uh, because I feel like we've reached a good point. I think in the argument uh, of just the importance of it and uh, how, uh, I, and especially the differences between now and how you'd like to word it back in the day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day, uh, but yeah, it's it's this has been fascinating. I think we actually got some good stuff out of this. Uh, 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 more more than we more than we bargained for. I I, I would I like to say. Yeah, a light bulb moment right there. Right? You just kind of like really? wait. This is great. Isn't it that's that's yeah. good. That was good. Light, that was a great light bulb moment. Yeah, Bing. All right, we shall leave it there uh, and tend to a lighter note. If you have anything there. Uh, no, I don't really have anything this week. Do you have anything? Yeah, I just want a mirrorless camera, bro. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But actually, I will say, um, I've had a really, like, a, uh, I don't know, like a weird month or so, like, as it pertains to just, like, general work stuff. And, uh, it's really, like, it, it, something I, something I, like, a rule for myself, like, I don't like, I don't like breaking, but I have been in the past, like, uh, uh, four weeks or so, uh, on and off, not every day, but like, you know, some days is, uh, I have a desk, I have a bed, the desk is for work, the bed is for sleeping and chill, right? But, um, sometimes I've just felt like so icky, um, uh, just, uh, just, I don't know, just, just weird, right? Can't really explain it, uh, in a, in a quick time, but, um, just weird. And I felt the need to just like take my laptop, go to my bed, and just put it on my lap. Yeah, you know I mean, just 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 and not sit on my desk. Uh, but I sat on my desk uh, to do some work. Not not podcasting work. I always do that on my desk. I'm not really bothered about that. But other work, um, th- specifically that work as well, which is just adds on to the weirdness of it. Um, but I did that specific work at my desk today, and I'm proud of myself on that front. So uh, big on myself. Yeah, because. Uh, it's, it's it's so jarring. Like podcast work, mate. Just knock that out. 
sit here, boom, boom, boom. Like it's, like, it's so, it's so breezy, you know what I mean? And uh, uh, compared compared to everything else, it's just so. I don't know. It's it's such a. It's still a fun hobby, which is uh, good to know. Um, but yeah, I just wish everything else was uh, as as fun as it could as fun as it could and should be. But uh, that's I guess that's I guess that's how work goes sometimes. I guess in it. So uh, yeah, I'm yeah, sure I mean, you can attest on that front. I thought you. Well, I thought I was gonna escape. Like I went out. I went into the countryside last week into uh, New South Wales countryside. I went to Orange. What is what is countryside in in in, in Australia? I, I'm wondering how that looks like. Because if I because when you say countryside for for like in my mind it's like hills and yeah, rolling hills where 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 where, where sheep eat where, where cows are eating grass and yeah. like. I mean, just sheep shearing and shit, like, <laughs> just farmland, basically. I mean, Australia is farmland, too. Yeah, I know, I know, but I, I just, it's not green rolling hills, is it? Oh, no. No, just, I mean, there are some, there's some hills, but it's mainly just brown. Like, genuinely, it's, yeah. like, different shades of, like, brown and tan and, like, wheat-coloured nice. things. And nice, uh, nice. it's it's massive, it's massive. I drove to Ballarat, uh, which is a ten-hour drive in 2019, and I I went crazy by the end of it. I went stir crazy because it just nothing changed for like six hours. It was just like I was driving through the exact same scene on the exact same road for six hours straight. I'm like, this country is massive, and there was no one there. It wasn't even any towns. It was just driving through just random farms. So yeah, I mean it's Orange is a quite a large town center, but it's very sleepy. It's very chill. And I thought, you know, I thought similarly. I thought oh, well not similarly, but I I had attributed a lot of my angst around work and around just life in general to being in this room, in this house. It was mm-hmm. not the case. You know, that's what's really confronting because I haven't <coughs> Sorry, jeez. <coughs> I'm about to die. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My my voice is like you can't say this. <laughs> don't express this. I don't know why it's doing that. <clears throat> so I thought that a lot of my uh, issues were just being in this house or being you know in this this uh, vicinity and having all these anchor points. But my uh, mental state actually got significantly worse when I was away. So that was uh, you know it was unexpected and quite confronting to go through. Um, but you know it, it was in it was understandable i guess like having not left the house and not like spent more than a couple of nights away since 2019 i was like this is going to be a challenge but yeah i didn't know how much of a challenge it was going to be so um it was confronting it turned it into something i had to endure rather than enjoy which um you know it wasn't very pleasant but that's kind of why i couldn't do because i actually have a massive interview tomorrow i'm gonna i'm gonna reveal it here i don't care so i'm interviewing ken x tomorrow and um fuck man i'm genuinely excited i i but like i've been prepping for that and then kind of been getting overwhelmed because i'm like holy shit like i have to do well in this interview because it's not like i didn't have to do well in my previous interviews but with an artist like kemba x one of the things i really want to do with this interview series is start expanding it to you know artists that i've idolized for a long time larange is one that i really would love to interview obviously chain noir so when I do these really big interviews, like for example, Carl Scrooby and now Kembe X, it's like, this is my opportunity to show that I have something different and I have like a different kind of perspective and, and I put more work in or that I'm actually quite good at this. So there's a lot of pressure because it's like, I can't just brock up and just like, oh yeah, we're just going to have a chat. 
I have to be prepped. So I freaked during the week and I've been listening to his music nonstop and trying to prep for this. But um, I'm really excited, but at the same time, a little bit nervous about it because, yeah, it's probably like my ninth interview ever. So um, it's not like I'm experienced in this, but um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, man, that's good. That's, um, it's, it's good. It, the, the showing you the showing the different sides of yourself is, uh, <coughs> um, is always good to explore and uh it's it's always good to know that you just have you know something different in the belt yeah uh to to, to just whack out and like you know just feel comfortable with and uh yeah so it's it's great it's great like knowing knowing that knowing that like uh writing isn't like the only thing i can do uh is is just super you know rewarding to know that yeah. i don't just have to, i don't just have to do this like you know point. i yeah, so I, I realized, um, I don't know, like, uh, I guess during university, I guess, like, I my I was good at screenwriting, but I wasn't good, like, I wasn't the best at other writing, and that was very weird to me, because I feel like, you know, for some things, I just feel like, if I'm not top tier at, there's no point in me, exp- like, doing, um, I'll do it for fun, obviously, but, like, as if I want to do it on, I, I, I guess I word it as, like, I don't, do it unless I feel like uh, do it properly unless I feel like I can do it on a professional basis and like you know I feel like talking on one front is that f- uh, is is aside for me research is not unfortunately <laughs> need to get better at that uh but uh you know is what it is and uh you know some forms of writing I'm great at but some other forms of writing I'm just like okay at um and I've you know met several people that are way way more poetic with how they write um in certain th- in certain formats and you know it's just like gone i'm just like okay that's fine i'm not the best at it so it is what it is um as you know as the world expands for you, uh, for myself and uh, uh same for everyone else i guess uh but yeah it's 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 really interesting once you find something that you know you're half decent at and you know you can build upon that it's uh it's it's, it's refreshing like a new challenge in some ways i guess so that's a, that's a cool side of all of that, I hope you, I hope you gather and not see it. It's just another thing to be uh, shit scared about. No, like it's exciting. It's genuinely exciting. I mean, I think it's a bit easier than podcasting in the sense for me for my anxiety because obviously I'm not giving as much as I do on here. Uh, it's me kind of, and this is kind of what I do anyway in life. Like being someone who, and I get a little bit deep, but being someone who suffers quite severely from mental health issues, like I can't present that version of myself to the world like 99% of the time so a lot of what I do when I'm really anxious or really struggling is ask a lot of questions of people in my personal life or if I'm on dates or if I'm meeting new people like I become an Mm -hmm. expert in being interested in what they're talking about because I don't want to talk about what I'm going through and if I do start talking about myself I might you know betray my feelings a little bit like I might say some silly things because I'm a little bit I'm in distress so what I discovered is that that actually does translate into interviews. And I'm not saying these are great interviews, not at all. But you kind of know things that you're decent at and things that you can improve at. Like I feel like with my writing, I'm a passable writer, but I don't think I can improve without a lot more effort, if that makes sense. Like it's almost like this is as good as I'm going to get unless I study it. With interviewing, I feel like I could actually get way better at this like i feel like my scope for growth is quite large i have a decent feel for it but yeah with writing it's it's not the same like i feel like i'm as good as i'm gonna get really in writing and i think it's the same with research and podcasting you know i think i've probably maxed out 
in those particular categories unless I really focused on them. So it's exciting to find another channel to start to progress and try and like expand because I think when you get into your 30s, you kind of lose these opportunities that don't come up as often where you discover something new about yourself that you're like, oh, actually, I could probably do this and maybe even turn this into a career one day. That's kind of rare when you're young, you kind of get those all the time, but yeah, as you get older. So it is very valuable. That's a good point that you made. I never thought of it like that, but um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, in a distant universe, I'm a 100-meter runner, but that's another universe. Can you actually, are you decent? Can you? What's your What's your speed like? I reckon I could... I'm, I'm, I'd be pretty happy to race you one day. I'm pretty quick. <laughs> I'm quick, man. I got it. <laughs> he got he got the boosters, yeah? Yeah. When <laughs> I come to London here. eventually, I think the yeah. first thing we need to do is, is have a running <laughs> race. And I don't think anything else needs to be done. I think it's just a running oh, race is required. <laughs> I have no idea uh, how fast I am these days. Like, I've I've ran, I can, I can run, but I don't know how fast, like, in a a decent capacity. I can't I can't measure it. I haven't measured I haven't measured my running in in a in a minute. So I have no idea if I'm actually like fast or not. I was as a Ute, and I knew that for a fact. So I was just blitzing everybody around me but uh that was back that was, <laughs> that was literally 10 years 10 years 10 or so years mm-hmm. maybe 10 years ago nearly 15 years ago so Damn. yeah i don't know now uh but i'll take i'll take you up on that offer we'll i don't know find a patch of grass and we'll uh race to some i don't know a tree or something and see how <laughs> it goes and then with that said ladies and gentlemen gauntlet gauntlet laid down but we shall leave it there <laughs> I'm excited, man. We, we, we're going to live, live stream that for you guys. Just me <laughs> with my hair bouncing around everywhere, these giant Fuck long so. legs looking like a fucking stick insect, and Charlie just <laughs> zooming away. We go. We've both got a lot of hair at the moment, so that's that's going to even us oh, out. I I I I, th- I think I have a good running style. I I, I think it's relatively. Uh, I'm trying not to flex it, but I, I don't know. I feel like I have a decent running motion. If that makes any sense, oh, it doesn't look weird. It doesn't look weird like how some people run. But anyway, people are gonna throw up when they see me run. <laughs> it's disgusting. I didn't know a human could move like that. But it's it's functional. Do, do you arm? Do you arm flail? Oh, I'm sure I do. I'm sure I do. I'm sure it's not pretty. Got to tuck me, bruv. Got to tuck me and have it in front of you. All right. I watch a lot of athletics. So I feel I act like I know what I'm talking about, but I probably don't. Uh, but I'll get to you on about let's train me um, <laughs> for the fifth and podcast network. I've been trying to tell you this. Uh, uh, wait, this has been digging digits. I've been trying to tell you the fifth and I've been Ben Carter of hip hop numbers. Nearly got my what's good bag in there. Um, hope you all have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. Do some running, guys. Get some get some jog out there. You know what yeah. I mean? Just 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 don't be a hermit like me, man. This uh, I get I get a good literally the only the only exercise I get every day is like on a consistent basis is walking my dog for like two hours. So it's a long time. Get, get, get some get some air in there. Get some air in there. Go go get some day air and walk your dog or whatever. But anyway, hope you have a good week with your trying to do the same. But until the next time. Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. Alright, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for this show, speaks video games, got bonus points, takes the off records, availability use. Socials for the fulfillment, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and chill records. 
for being the full show notes wherever you're listening this has been a fifth podcast in production thanks for spending time with us we shall see you next time on digging in the digits